This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Good to be with you. Hope you had a fabulous sports weekend. For those of you who didn't join me on Sunday, and uh, we are ready to go to work tonight. And we begin not with the Yankees, but we begin with a big sigh of relief from the borough of Brooklyn. Oh, all week we've been talking about it. All week. All weekend, all the, what is Kyrie going to do? What are the Nets going to do? Are the Nets going to let Kyrie back in? What's going to happen? What's, will KD leave? Oh, what happens now if the Nets have to do this? What, 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 ha, what, what? what? <laughs> well, here's the deal. Kyrie Irving was, according to reports, Kyrie Irving was allowed to go seek a sign-and-trade deal with other teams in the NBA. He could not find a suitable trade partner, so he has opted into the final year of his contract. Okay? This is official. So his $36.5 million player option is in before the 5 p.m. deadline Wednesday, so he is a net for this season, which means Kevin Durant is a net for this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess that means they better win this season. Right? Because I get, based on how this turned out, and it all started with an article in The Athletic a couple of weeks ago, based on how this has gone and how feelings have have been frayed and have been explored and have been told and been have been rumored, I would say that I don't know that Kyrie would want to stay here. Now, a lot of things can change, okay? They win the championship, he may want to stay. Everything goes well, they have a perfect season, everything, you know, you just don't know. But for right now, once again, the Nets have an outstanding opportunity to get to the postseason and have a chance at an NBA final. A lot of things have to go right. Yesterday, I had the chance to chat with the Daily News Nets beat writer, Christian Winfield. And one of the things that he talked about, which is very true, and we went through all the different possibilities of what would happen with Kyrie or what would happen with KD and so on and so forth. But the most important thing here was what else could the Nets do as far as trying to add depth and talent on the rest of the roster? Okay, because they still have some free agents. And there's one other free agent that they are waiting to hear from, and that's going to be Patty Mills. And Patty Mills was very important to this team last year. Okay, when they had injuries at that guard position, Patty Mills was able to come off the bench and give them some scoring. This is before the uh, hardened trade when they ended up with Seth Curry. Now, of course, Joe Harris is coming back, and you hope after a couple of ankle surgeries, that he'll be okay and he'll be able to come back and be the shooter that he was before he got injured. He was a tremendous three-point shooter. You'd like to have that offense back in there because it spreads your spreads the floor for, for your offense and makes your defense have to spread along with it. All right, so you hope that he's able to come back. You've got some young players who, during the injury, during the, the injury time that Kevin Durant was hurt and Kyrie was out, and they were struggling a little bit, but they got valuable experience in playing time. So you hope that some of the young players will be back. But the Nets do not have a lot of money to add depth on this roster. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't see Blake Griffin coming back. 
you know, LaMarcus Aldridge probably is not coming back because of the fact that he sat for just about the whole playoffs. So I really, I really don't see how these guys would want to come back because they didn't get a chance to play last year. And then, of course, there's the wild card, which is Ben Simmons. How much will he be available? Will he be available? When will he be available? And how effective will he be when he is available? So these are all the different questions that the Nets have. But at least they know that Kyrie Irving is on this team and Kevin Durant's on this team. And hopefully, Ben Simmons will be able to contribute heavy on this team. And so if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, for one more year, you get to breathe a sigh of relief. Because all we heard all day from Woj, from Windhorst, from just about Bonteps, from just about all our NBA insiders is the fact that the Nets were willing to let KD and Kyrie go. That they didn't want to go through this foolishness, but they, you know, they really want to really want to turn things around and they don't want to have what happened to them last year happen again. And so I understand that. When you have a multi-million dollar player, the caliber of Kyrie Irving, and you're not sure when he's going to be available, and once again, we, we harp on this mask mandate thing. And, you know, I get it. But there's been other issues accordingly previously that he had. So if you're, if you're the Nets, you're saying, listen, we want you to make sure that you're ready to play. Well, all that's behind them now. So for this year, for this year, hopefully everything will go smoothly. And if you're, Brooklyn, if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you have a shot. Once again, at trying to represent the East in the NBA Finals. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's good. It could be a bumpy ride. And then again, it could be if they're able to stay on the court together, the three of them, they could send records because potentially, potentially knowing how Kyrie Irving can play with his talent, KD among the top players in the league, if not the best player in the league. What Ben Simmons is able to do defensively and, and seeing the floor for you and not having to do the things that he needed to do in Philly, this could potentially be the final straw that gets the Nets to where they got to go. But they do need, they do need to get some help and some depth depth on that bench. We'll see how they do that. 1-800-919-3776. This will get your thoughts on Kyrie and KD being reunited. I know the Knicks fans want to weigh in because I know there's some concern about what they're going to do with the guards at the guard spot. And we're hearing a lot about, you know, you keep hearing this, you know, Brunson, Brunson, Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson, I get Jalen Brunson, I get Jalen Brunson. And, you know, Brogdon, his name has been surfaced out there. Listen, no disrespect to him. I, I, he's he's injury prone. He's 29 years old. He's injury prone. And he makes a lot of money. That's not a good combination. <laughs> if you're a Nick fan, that's not what you're looking for. There's uh, Murray down in San Antonio, who more and more folks here love, but I think it's going to take a lot for you to get from San Antonio to make that happen. And when you consider that you couldn't move up, you didn't have enough capital to move up to either the King spot at four or the Pistons spot at five to get Ivy. And they're in worse spots than you. I'm not looking, I wouldn't be too enthusiastic 
about the fact that you're going to make a move for San Antonio when they know that they want young talent and they want some other possibilities. So I don't, I mean, you know, it's a possibility because they're looking for like draft choices and the Knicks have a bunch of them. And that would be, listen, out of all the options, that would be the one for me. I just don't see that happening. Also, we have a poll question for you. Since the Yankees avoided arbitration by increasing Aaron Judge's 2020 salary, do you feel he will remain a Yankee? Do you feel he won't remain a Yankee? Or do you feel it makes no difference? You can weigh in on that and call us on the phones as well. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Donald in Jersey. You're batting leadoff on ESPN New York Tonight. What's up, Donald? Donald. Hello, hello. What's up, Donald? Yes, how you doing? All right, what's what's going on? Uh, I'm 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 a long time Knicks fan, and I see that the Knicks keep mixing as usual. Like I don't I don't I don't see Brunson as the answer. You know what I mean? I I, I don't trust him to get to get twenty five million dollars to. I, I think they'll they could have a team like if they go after Richie Rubio if he gets oh. better. I'm as a backup point, or maybe even Rondo. You know what I mean? Maybe that, that's I'm sorry, Donald. Oh, you're wearing me out, Donald. These, um, listen, Ricky Rubio, and you know, you know, as a Nick fan, Ricky Rubio. Well, who's the starter then? If you want these guys as backup, who's the starting point guard? No, that's the thing. But I, I don't know. That's I don't trust Jalen Brunson. I don't trust Brunson. I don't trust giving all that money to him. Okay, maybe twenty million a year, but twenty five over over four years. I, I don't trust him. I, we don't have many options. You don't, Donald. You don't. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. I hear your frustration. I just, how many times, as a Nick fan, can, can I just share this with you guys? I'm just sharing this with you. I am so sick and tired of hearing these Ricky Rubio to the Nick deals, rumors. It's been that way, it seems like, for the past decade. The Knicks are trying to get Ricky Rubio. Maybe Ricky Rubio will join the Knicks. He's 31. He's injury prone. Okay, when he's on the floor, he is he is an excellent pass-first point guard. He's a very good pass-first point guard. But he's injury-prone. He's 31. I, mean, I, I got an injury. Listen, I've got an injury-prone guard on my bench right now in Derrick Rose. Okay, I don't need another one. I need a guy that's going to lead my team. I just came through with Kemper Walker, a guy who's injury-prone. I don't want to go through that again. So for me, not even as a backup, he is not an option. And I'm, and this is no disrespect to Donald because I've seen his name mentioned a couple of times over the past couple of days. No, Ricky Rubio. No, 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 Ricky Rubio. Please. No. Rajon Rondo for a backup. I need a starter. I've got a backup. Listen, IQ could be my backup. Okay, I, I don't. I don't. I need a starter. I need a proven starting point guard who can pass, who can score, who can play a little defense, so my front court is not in foul trouble because people are going past him like a like a, like an open gate. That's what I need as a Nick fan. Isn't it? That's what they need. Now, Jalen Brunson. I understand why people. He's a very good player. I get the options. I get the the fear. 
He had a great year last year, his best year ever. Okay, it's a it's a it's a it's a big contract year. Okay, you get concerned when you see something like that. Got it. So there's other options. I want to see what what, what the Knicks are going to do. It seems as though they are really all in on Jalen Brunson. But I'm telling you, as soon as I sit here, if you think Dallas is just going to let him walk, I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. I really, really don't see it. And then, of course, Woj is reporting that John Wall has been bought out by Houston and he's headed to the Clippers to be to join Kawhi Leonard and PG-13 Paul George. So that's an interesting team out West. But John Wall hasn't played, gosh, what, two years, three years? <laughs> What's he going to be like? Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. You stole my thunder. Put your thinking cap on. Is it on? Yes. Okay. In the last three years, would I be correct to say that between John Wall, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, they played less than 50% of their team's total games? Yes. Okay. Would might I be, be 40%. correct to say? <laughs> I was just going. <laughs> it might be 40. Because Wall hasn't sitting. played at all. <laughs> well, 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 and neither Kawhi is Kawhi. Yeah. So, so, so here's what you're looking at. The West is improving with a lot of the moves. The East is getting slightly weaker. Uh, I don't know what Atlanta's doing. They're trying. Listen, here's your problem. We talked about it yesterday. Other callers say the same thing. Build it from this, the ground up. Do it with draft picks because the Golden State did it because Boston's done it, even though they caught a break getting Tatum in the Pierce Garnett deal, which seems like a lifetime ago it to sure me. It does. Days are closing in. I mean, God, this time go fast. But, Larry, here's, here's what it is. It, it's so simple to me. It really is. You have to get a core player at some point. You can't get him in the draft when you pick Paulie or you pick eighth. Or I'm not going to go through the French thing again. We had a good laugh yesterday. You can't get it at 11. The highest draft pick we've had since I remember – Post-85 was Barrett at three. He turned out uh, to be the third best player in the draft. We could argue that a little bit. He shows some improvement. He will never be more. Now, he could be an all-star once or twice in his career because of his defensive prowess. He stays on the court. He's a 40% shooter. He's got a bad influence on his wing. That's a bad combination with him and Randall. You know it. Mm -hmm. You know, with Randall throwing those hand grenades to him with five seconds left on the shot clock. And, and, and he goes left, goes left, goes left. So the, you have to get a core player. Stop with the assets. Everyone's calling, or, or some of the guys, you know, stop collecting assets. You can take the first three letters of that. That's what it's worth. You've got to get a core player. But Brunson could be a core player in conjunction with another guy. Someone called the other day. A lot of people have. You know, I listen, and, sure. and you're not getting you're not getting a kid from from San Antonio. No, Come on, they're not gonna give him. You don't have you don't have nothing. You don't have enough. Yeah, and, and I love it. Well, give him Julius Randle. Do you no, want Julius Randle? <laughs> do you want yesterday's garbage? I don't. I don't. So I said it to you yesterday. I've said it to the other people I call. It's a, new, it's a, it's a physics co coefficient of drag. Julius Randle, 
set us back three years with that mm. contract. And if yeah. you put him with, with uh, Brunson, or you're not going to get Murray. You're, you're going to be aggravated. What is it, about $240 million? Probably, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? And Mitchell's going to be moved. Atlanta and Dallas both need big guys. Atlanta's mm-hmm. given up on Capella for some reason. He's also injury prone. Yeah, he you is. Know, you know, the three, the three on, on San Diego, on, on San Diego, boy, am I old. Uh, <laughs> three on the Clippers. Uh, well, there was a San Diego Clippers. There was. There, there was. Yeah, there was. Right. Hey, listen, right. there was also a San Diego Conquistadors. How about that? Yeah. And then Pat Riley played on that team. <laughs> well, Chamberlain well, coached did. that team. You, you can look it up. He played on right. that team. He but but he, he, I'll leave you with this. It's nice yes. to hear you. As always, I love talking to you. You got to get a core player. I don't want other people. I love all the Knicks fans. I don't want anyone else to call and say, get another core player, build it from the draft. You can't build it from the draft when you pick three, eight, nine, and your scouts stick. You just can't do it. Yeah. You have to get two core players this year. So Brunson's one. Find a wing. We need a wing. You know, if we could dump a wing and this year's one, or next year's one, and another year's one, and get a wing and get rid of Julius Randle, I'm all for that. At least if the wing can score 15 of the 20 points, Randle's going to get you. Does that sound uh, tenable? It sounds. It sounds tenable, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. But here's the problem: who who wants who's going to take Julius Randle at this point? I'm telling you, it, it just, I don't know. I don't know whether he had, you know, I had this conversation with SNYZ Bagley about a month or so ago. I don't know whether last season was something going on personally. I don't know whether last season was uh, just him going back to the way he was. I don't know whether last season was he wasn't happy with Walker and Fournier. And he was unhappy that, you know, a couple of guys that he liked was not on the team. I don't know whether he just didn't recover from the way he performed against Atlanta. I don't know whether the team's playing differently. I don't know whether it was all the above or some of the above or, or A and C or B and D or whatever it was. But he just was not the same guy. And because he wasn't the same guy, he hurts he hurts you as trade value is concerned. He does. He hurts you. And then you gave him a contract, which I get because of the way he performed. <laughs> I mean, how could you not get well, – once again, I can't kill them for giving him the contract. I could Maybe the years, all right, maybe the years of it, but I can't kill him for giving them a contract. He earned it. He was the guy on that team. He was the reason why they got to the postseason. It was him. Now, did he miss Reggie Bullock? Maybe he did. I don't know. But I know he was not even close. He didn't even resemble the same player. He was, he was, and this is terrible, he was almost as disappointing as he was his first year here. He was almost that bad. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones we go. Philip is in Brooklyn. Philip, you are next on 987 ESPN. Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. First time calling the show. Welcome in, Philip. Thanks as for calling. 
You're welcome. As a Knicks fan, I am. I'm done. <laughs> and, 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 and how many times have I said that? I You're mean, not alone, Philip. You're I, not alone. <laughs> I mean, the abuse that we go through is is incredible. As far as I can see, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Teams that are vying for playoff spots or teams that are in contention, the majority of them have done it through the draft. Whether you want to say Golden State, whether you want to say Milwaukee, um, some of the uh, uh, Boston, what they've done it through the draft. The Knicks are constantly chasing other people's players. We've been hearing for over 10 years, I could be wrong, the Knicks need a point guard. The Knicks need a point guard. I mean, at what point do we stop going around in circles? The Knicks have a coaching staff, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, especially with Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau, I probably get his name wrong, who does not develop young players. No, he doesn't. This this organization, a guy could have one career year, and boom, they want to give him money and chase him from another team. Why would a guy like Brunson leave Dallas, a playoff contending team, to come to the Knicks? Money. Why? <laughs> for the it money? Would money? It would be money. And uh, probably, Philip, it would be a chance for him to show what he's able to do. Because remember, when you, when you, when you look at him, and Phillips, thanks for the phone call. When you look at him, He's playing with Luka Doncic, which is like playing with LeBron. And I'm not comparing them talent-wise. I'm comparing with their dominance of the basketball. So for him, maybe maybe it's the money, it's New York, and it's an opportunity for him to run the team because he's not running that team in Dallas. Now, once again, obviously – what is Dallas doing? Is Dallas going to make a play that they get a big man? Because are they are they ready to take that next step? That's all the things that he's got to make the decision on. And the other thing we know, Philip, as Knicks fans, is that sometimes the Knicks are used as a way to run up the price. So Mark Cuban will have to pay a little bit more money. Because here's what we know. Mark Cuban can pay the most money to Jalen Brunson. He he can. That's his own free agent. He can pay the most money. He can lock him up. And I'm just being honest. I just don't see them letting him go. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think the Knicks will still be looking for a point guard somewhere. I really do. And, yes, a lot of teams are able to build through the draft. There's no question about it. But eventually, with those young players, you have a veteran or a player that you that you add to them so you have a nice mixture of young talent and veteran talent so the, the the young talent is there and the veterans kind of point them in the right direction and teach them how to win and once again as you correctly point out you're in a situation here in New York where they brought in a coach in Tom Thibodeau who is a guy who's known to get to the playoffs but he's known to get to the playoffs because he loves his veterans He's not a guy that plays a lot of kids. If you're trying to develop young talent, Tom Thibodeau is not the coach for you. It's not, it's not, it's not what he does. 
I mean, once again, I'm going to quote Ian Begley from SNY. He said, if you think Tom Thibodeau was brought here just to roll out the basketball for the kids, you're wrong. He was brought here to try to make the Knicks relevant again, and that's what he did when he got them to the postseason. They hadn't been to the postseason since, what, 2013? They hadn't been there. So he did his job the first year. He's not here to develop talent. That's not what he does. So the question becomes, all right, you've got draft picks. You're picking in a spot, as Spike mentioned, that you're not picking number one. You, you haven't been that fortunate since 85 and Patrick Ewing. You think it in, in, the, in the Zion draft, you ended up with RJ. Now, RJ is a very good player, improving every year. And you might say now he's the second best player in that draft because, I mean, we haven't seen Zion. What's he played? 40 games, maybe? We haven't seen them. Obviously, John Moran is, is the key of that draft. Everybody's talking about him as far as the player in that draft. But nevertheless, the Knicks are, what, third? They draft Barrett, Porzingis, uh, Nilakina. I mean, what have they done? They've constantly passed on people. And once again, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bang the draft. I saw an article today where Donovan Mitchell was in town with a couple of players having lunch. Okay, you could have drafted him. You wouldn't have to be pursuing him. I'm not, And I'm not saying you need him or you want him or he should be here or whatever. I'm saying you could have had him. You should have drafted him. That's the issue you have. So you keep putting yourself in these positions where you're chasing other people because you're making the wrong mistakes in the draft. Frank's in Newark. What's up, Frank? You're next on 98.7. Hey, thanks for taking my phone call. I, I got the next solution at point guard. Okay, the kid who is it? from uh, Memphis, Jones, he's going to be a uh, free agent this year. You could get him for cheap. He's tough. The Grizz got a better record when Jaws hurt, and this guy is starting. Um, I think he's solid. He don't do anything spectacular, but he just get the job done, and they win when he play. So that would be my solution. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Frank. Thanks for the phone call. And well, you know he would be. Yeah, he would be. A, he would be an option. But once again, if I'm Memphis, I'm trying to keep everybody I have together. That's a nice young nucleus of a team. And that's the reason why they're able to win when John Moran is out. Because they've got really good players. As a matter of fact, there's an article that has, um, speaking of the Grizzlies, that has Kyle Anderson as a possibility for the Knicks at, at a wing. 6-9. Uh, averaged over just under 12.5 points a game. About six rebounds, something of that nature. So I saw that his name has been mentioned as a wing, possibly for the Knicks. So, okay, so help me out. You bring in Kyle Anderson as an example. Not saying him, but as, at that position. Where's Randall playing? Yeah, what, what we do with Randall? <laughs> Fournier is guard? Fournier is a, a three? Where's Fournier? Where's, is Randall playing center? Is that what we're doing? We can put Randall at center, put him in the box? Keep it from dribbling, wouldn't it? That might not be a bad idea. <laughs> James in Jersey. Hey, James, you're next on 98.7. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, uh, this is about Jalen Brunson. And 
know, Rick Carlisle, who needed a point guard, if he was really that dude, then he would have moved mountains to get him. Like, there's, they want to pay him $20, 25000000 million, maybe even more. The point guards that are in that range is like Terry Rozier, Lonzo Ball, Malcolm Brown, and Fred Van Vliet, and like Michael Conley. Like, that's the, that's the, the, the level of point guard that you're you're giving to us. There's thirty you got thirty teams and there's like twenty one point guards better than Jalen Brunson. So you're saying if we get this point guard thirty percent of the time he's gonna win his matchup out of eighty two games. Like that's that's not helping us. I mean next like I, I I keep saying time after time, next year be fifty years since we won a championship. To you know and and it's time that we don't, you know, we don't deserve something like this. Thank you. So what's the, all right. So what, wait a minute, James. So what's the answer? How? What's what, the answer? What was, what was the answer was to go all in, and 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 they blew it. They're heading down a dead end street very very fast. Well, go all, all in. Okay, go go all in and do what? No, they were supposed to go all in this season, but they missed their mark. Now we're heading down a dead end street, and there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do this season because all these, all these, uh, you know, like right now we're in position where we're trying to be down with OPP, like the guy said, other people's players, and and we're just heading, and all these players are going to go back to their original teams. You know, all these players that we claim that we're going after mm-hmm. are going to stay with their original teams. And when the and when the music stops, you know, and there's no chairs to sit in, that's where we are. We we're just gonna again, have to. Again, thanks for the call, James. That's where we will be again, like last year, which is why you ended up with Kimber Walker at the last minute, and Evan Fournier at the last minute because the people that you really wanted, you didn't have. I said it before, ladies and gentlemen. As a Nick fan, I'm tired of Plan A not working. Plan A just never works for the Knicks. It never works for the Knicks because even if you tell me that signing Jalen Brunson is plan a there's no guarantee you're gonna get him if you tell me that getting uh Ivy was plan a didn't work it's always b c d or z it's never a it's never a and you're looking at the spot now and I you know look I understand people are down on Jalen Brunson. Not sure what he can do. He's better than Brogdon because he's more available. Brogdon is always hurt. He is always hurt. That's why Indiana wants to move him. Don't you think <laughs> that if he was if he was available, they would sign him? And he's making money. He's making a ton of money. Okay, his his. Give me one second. I tell you because I saw his salary somewhere. Earlier, he's owed twenty-two point six million this year, twenty-two point five in the next two seasons. After this year, seventy—that's almost eighty million dollars for a guy who, who's who's twenty-nine, who appeared in only thirty-six games last year and hasn't played in more than sixty-four games in a single season since his rookie year, and next year will be his seventh year in the league. I don't want him. I've got an injury. I got an injury play guard right now. I love Derrick Rose. I love what Derrick Rose brings to the table. When he's healthy, when he's available, 
I can't even play him. I can't even, I can't expect him to play 25 to 30 minutes a game. I can't because I don't want to wear him out. And he's talented. What he brought to the Knicks, he, along with, he helped Julius Randle so much when they brought him in in the second half of that, of the year that the Knicks made the playoffs because he, he prevent he was another option. And this year, you expect him to be wasn't there injuries. So frustrating! It is just so frustrating. Yankees beat the A's nine five. We'll hear from Aaron Boone next hour. Also, we'll weigh in on our poll question. We'll talk about that and continue the conversation next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Let's head back to the phones. Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha is next on ninety eight seven. Uncle, what's going on, baby, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I love you to death, man. Always a great conversation when you're on. You know how it is. Love I you to death, death, man. I got you. I, I got love you. you to death, man. I appreciate you. Absolute role model. You know, we, you know, you know the Buddha family love you. Buddha mom, Buddha wife. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, man. We love you to death, man. Religiously. You understand? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and the feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> oh boy, listen, I'm just sitting out here. I'm in the heights, man. You know, I'm, I put a little something up in the air and I'm relaxing and I'm listening to to, to my fellow um New York sports talk radio callers, you know. Even though you know I'm 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 not a Knicks fan, but mm-hmm. I do want them to win. You know, as long as they're not playing the Sixers. Absolutely. Uh you know, very very shocking to me that uh, uh Kyrie Irving opted in. And, you know, all of his causes and everything <laughs> did not weigh $30 million. I can't nope. believe he did that. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, let me ask you a question. And I, like like I said, let's take off our sports radio cap. Um, sure. And also, I don't want to make anybody drop their phones. You know, i got a group who love to call in after I call every time. Oh, Buddha this, Buddha that. I mean, dude, listen, come up with some unique thought. But anyway, you know, looking at the Knicks and you look at the Jets, it's the same situation in terms of where they are as a franchise. Now, I agree with you guys. The kid Murray from the Spurs, ideally, that would be what you want to get. Brunson may be the second choice or whatever, but in all actuality, when you look at the conference, you got Boston, you got Milwaukee. Um, I don't know what the Heat are going to be moving forward. They're going to have to make a move here to there. But let's just say those three teams. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to be better than them. No. And the reason why I relate that to the Jets is, and I just want to ask you a question. Do you think Zach Wilson is ever, ever going to be equal to or above the player that Josh Allen is? No, I don't. So now that we we have an understanding there of those two situations, I'm going to give Caesar Salah I'm going to separate him from from the situation where I would say with the Knicks because Caesar Sal has only been here for one year. I got to give him at least two more years to see if he could get this thing right. But it's clear. I don't even think it's anything debatable or anything to think about. You have the wrong coach for the Knicks for where the Knicks are as a franchise. So that has to be rectified. That has to be rectified. And it's going to play itself out this year. The worst thing in the world is the Knicks win 30 games this year. You got to play every one of those youth, and guess what? You got to find out who you're going to keep, who you're not going to keep. And Julius Randle 
you have to figure out some way to get him off the team. You have to because him being there is going to impede the growth assessment process of any of any of those younger people that they have there. Now, related to the Jets, what I say with the Knicks, where they're related is the Jets are in a division where where they're not going to win. They're not going to win a division. They're not going to win it for multiple years. The only difference between them and the Knicks are is that they have a full youth movement and the reason why I separate Salah from Tibbs is Salah is all in on the youth movement. Yes. So just rather to sum it up, you know, just to, to, to bridge all these gaps and bring them all together. And I'm listening to Trey and I feel his pain. You know, my brother, I love you. Listen, I, I'm dealing with James Harden going to be on my team for another three <laughs> years. with fat, you know what. But um, what's going to have to happen here is, and, and, and John from Freehold is a good fan, too. I, I hear him. I listen to him mm-hmm. a lot, and, and mm-hmm. I appreciate his passion. I do. You got to bite the bullet for a couple of years. You have to. You have to understand that you're not going to be able – forget about being relevant. Or, you're not going to be able to be truly competitive until you get that dude. And you're not going to get that dude by being a middling – uh, maybe you make the plan, maybe you don't. The best thing for the Knicks, the best thing for them, and like we discussed the, uh, yesterday, uh, they, uh, I forget what day it is, everybody's pulling in the wrong direction. I don't care what direction Julius Randle's pulling in. He needs to be, you know, insignificant. You got the coach, you got the management. Somebody's got to stay, somebody's got to go. And what has to happen is you got to play every single young person for good, bad, or worse. And see where that takes you to, you know. Because let's be honest, like you said, oh, teams didn't want to take players. You use another team, you wouldn't want to take none of these dudes neither. You don't know who the hell any of these guys are. You don't know what they are, and the reason why you don't know what they are is they don't get enough minutes to show whether they are or aren't somebody. Just my humble opinion, brother. No, you're Love right, you brother. Take care, my dude. All right, good talking to you. There's no question. That's that's part of the problem. And in the third year, that might be a situation where, you know, they have to make a move. I mean, you, you parlay it. I mean, you, you talk about the Rangers. I mean, look what they did. I mean, they brought John Davidson back to run the front. And then, boom, before you know it, Chris Drury's running things. And Chris Drury makes a couple of moves here, a couple of moves there. They, they signed that, you know, they, they had the Shesterkin, had some young players. They were struggling. And look at them. They, they're battling for a cup this year. And now they have some issues. They're going to have to go back, and, you know, they're not fully there. But, you know, just to, I mean, that's what you want to see. And you've got a mixture of veterans and young people. The kid line. I mean, that line was great this year. And you had some veterans. They had some really good years. Doesn't happen with the Knicks. Because because the people they draft are not they, they don't draft high enough. And you're right, you're in the middle, like in the thirties, it's the worst place to be. You 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 might make the play in, and if and 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 if you you know, if you don't make the play in, hopefully you you make the lottery. But you make the lottery, and then you you never you're never number one. And that's where you have to get that generational player. That's where you have to get that player, that foundational player. With the best top pick in the draft. And I know all the time the top picks in the draft don't work. I get it. Sometimes it's the second-round picks. Sometimes it's the lower first-round picks. Sometimes it's, you know, surprises. 
I understand that. I get that. It doesn't always pan out to be that way all the time. Okay, and you can give me the, well, you know, Giannis wasn't drafted first overall. I get it. I understand. Every once in a while, there's a there's a change, and something like that happens. But it's not all the time. It's not all the time. And I hear what you're saying, Buddha, but what? biting the bull is a Nick fan again? <laughs> and see, here's the thing. Even with the Jets, okay, and I got what you're saying about Zach Wilson, but even with the Jets, you draft a, a kid like Gardner. Okay, you saw what he was able to do in college. There, there's, there's some, hey, I know he's going to play. Okay, he's going to be out there. I'll get a chance to see just how good he is. All right, Elijah Moore, he showed you a little something last year. Now this year you're, okay, let me see what else he's going to show me. Carter, the running back, he showed me something. Let me see what else is there. Uh, Vera Tucker, okay, we drafted him. Wow, he starting guard. Okay, wow, look at him. Look what he was able to do. I like that. You're able to see what these guys can do, good or bad. You're able to see it's right there in front of you. It's right in front of your face. They played against the best competition every single week. So you got to feel. Even even Wilson. Okay, you can say, well, you know what? Wow, he was awful the first year. Because he played. He was the starter. And then with the Knicks. What happened with the Knicks? That's the frustrating thing. You don't even know what you have against good competition. You're not sure. And it's just, well, you play like you practice, and I make these decisions on practice. You can't make the same decisions on practice because they're practicing against yourself. Now, if we're doing the scrimmage thing like like more and more teams are doing in the NFL in preseason, that's different because now I'm in preseason, I'm watching you play somebody else. And I'm still concerned because I'm hoping you don't get hurt. <laughs> so I'm watching you, but I don't want to watch you but so much because I'm I'm scared. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Sit back to the phones. Uh, Eli's in Newark. Eli, talk to me. Hey, Larry, how you doing? It's been a while, buddy. It's uh, been a while, Eli. Where you been? Uh, I've been here. I've been here just listening to all these uh, general managers calling in. But uh, I guess I'm one of them. <laughs> no, no, not you. <laughs> I guess I'm one so of first, them. <laughs> first things first. Uh, all the best to you, your family, friends, and loved ones. That's always first for me. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that, Eli. Same to you and your folks. Oh yeah. So I'm listening to all these general managers. They got these perfect trades. Sounded good too. But uh, if, unless I'm mistaken, don't you have to get a trade partner that want to trade with you? Yeah. Isn't that's that the true? problem? Okay. Yeah, that's the problem. And and just because uh, it hasn't been reported, how do we know what the Knicks have tried to do and was rejected? We don't know that. I don't. You know what I'm saying? But um, the other thing, someone said uh, we have the right uh, management and right coach. Well, do we really? I mean, seems to me that the uh, general manager, uh, without all these titles and president and this and that, uh, the general manager should be an NBA basketball guy through and through, and part visionary too. 
and uh, excellent uh, evaluator talent. And you got to get a coach that, no disrespect to Thibodeau, he's a good coach, but Thibodeau, he hasn't proven he can develop young talent. And then the players he has from the past, from I heard from other players, he'll run you into the ground. You got to get a coach that'll shape and mold the, the, the uh, foundation and establish a culture. I listened to Steph Curry uh, after they won the title. I think it was the next day or, or, or day after that. He was interviewed. He was asked about Steve Kerr. He gave Steve Kerr his props. He really did. But Steph Curry, he also mentioned that Mark Jackson established a culture. He shaped and molded the foundation. Why he's, uh, some say, black boy, I don't know. But if not him, some type of coach like him. But right now, uh, you keep up the good work you're doing. I'm going to listen to what else these uh, gentlemen calling have to say. Take care, buddy. All right, Eli, thanks for checking in. Listen, um, it is – I wanted Mark Jackson. A lot of us wanted Mark Jackson to have the opportunity to coach back here. I mean, it was been perfect. Comes back, you know, comes back and coaches. It, it just didn't turn out that way. Uh, it's the same issue. Once again, Tom Thibodeau was brought here because the Knicks weren't relevant. Nobody was talking about them except in the negative thing. They were a big joke. They hadn't made the postseason. I mean, this was a team that won, what, 20 games? It was just bad. And when he came the first year, he was able to pull off a miracle. He got them into the postseason. <laughs> Something that hadn't happened in almost a decade. So, but coming in, you knew that he wasn't coming in here to play the kids because that's not his thing. Not his thing at all. Yeah, you do need a trade partner. There's no question about it. And if you don't have a lot to offer, you don't get a lot of people answering your phone calls. Berto's in Mountain Lakes. Hey, Berto, you're next on 98.7. How you doing tonight, Larry? I'm doing great, anyway, man. What's up? I guess I'm a frustrated general manager. I had no trades at all, but I got excited when I looked on the Internet and I saw that the Knicks next year have four number one picks. And then I looked, and three of them are draft protected, and actually from 14 on, from Detroit and Washington. Yeah, lottery so, protected, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lottery protected. So that mm -hmm. sort of sent me back more frustration and mm -hmm. down, and I guess we're just going to have a crappy year again, and we'll be in the lottery, I'm sure. Well, but hopefully not, Berto. Ho hopefully not. Oh. Hopefully we'll be surprised, but, and they'll, they'll surprise us and make some moves, and we'll be shocked. Well, I will be shocked, let me tell you. But I don't even know who you could get if you gave away some of these draft picks. And, you know, you got five picks next year unless, yeah. you know, they fall into the lottery. Right. So, right. I don't know. Who the I hear knows? you, Berto. It, 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 it's, a, it's, it's depressing. Thanks for the phone call. It's a problem. And the other part of it is, I mean, you had a first-round pick this year. You didn't even use it. You traded it away to clear cap space. Think about that. You had a first-round draft choice, and you had to trade it away to clear cap space because you had to package Kimber Walker for them to take the deal. Oh, it's unbelievable. Sevens in Westchester. What's up, Sev? This is Sev. What's up, Larry? Um, you made a great point about the Knicks not playing their younger players. And to bring Golden State in those two years where they like were out of everything, they, they played their younger players and developed them into, you're going to participate with the starters. 
I don't understand why, like you were saying earlier, why the Knicks don't do that. All you got is younger players. Primarily, play them. Yep. Let's see what you got. That's what I'm saying. That's a no brainer. Manager. It's a no brainer, especially in the right. situation you were in last year. I thought that the Golden State Warriors did what you do when you know you're not going to be competitive. Throw those young dudes in there. Yep. You're part of the system now. We let's see who can cut it, who can. That's right. And it was a perfect blend. I mean, that's where. And thanks for the phone call, Seven. That's where yep. Jordan Poole got his confidence last season to be the way he is this season, because he had a chance to play. He had a chance to perform. He had a chance to show what he could do and be coached. Dante's in Queens. Hey, Dante. Hey, Larry. Thanks for um, taking my call. Everything's good, man. Long time. How you been? Oh, I've been good. Um, um, Two quick things. I know, you know, everybody's, you know, focusing on whether we sign Brunson or trade for a point guard. But my, my thing is I'm kind of concerned because I'm not hearing anything about Mitch. I get the point guard helps you scoring in your offense, but that's null and void if you don't have any rim protection, and it, and, it, and it's basically a turnstile to the rim. I don't understand why I'm not hearing anything about Mitch. And then also, the um, another thing I wanted to um, ask you, why is it that every time we're going after a free agent guard, the media, not, not you guys, um, you know, you guys excluded, but like most of the media act like, oh, it's this person a bus. It's the savior. It's like that gets annoying. Why can't we just go after a free agent? Other teams, they go after a guy. Okay, they're trying to get this guy, but it's like it seems like there's so much Nick hatred that when we go after a guy, it, 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 we're making it seem like, oh, everything is riding on. I, 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 I hate when, like, sports media does that, and that, that's, you know, that, that was um, – that's all I wanted to um, say. Dante, much. it's because, and thanks for the phone call. Dante, it's because the Knicks have not won a championship in almost 50 years. And they haven't been close since 99 when they were in the finals. That's why. Because it's been a franchise that has been extremely consistent at not being very good in making selections and picking talent. So that's why you... you 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 when your when your franchise has been mismanaged, the way this te- this franchise has been, you're the butt of jokes all over. So that's number one. Actually, actually, is number two. Number one about Mitch. Uh, listen, I'm not sure what the Knicks are going to do. I think they're going to wait and hear offers, see see what the offers are to decide whether they're going to match. I know um, Dallas is interested. I'm sure they are because they need they need some you know some protection and some height, and there's a couple of other teams around the league who fit into that category. So I think right now the Knicks are in a wait and see mode. I think there's some concern. There's some I would think at the Knicks offers who are like, I would love to re-sign Mitch, but his availability is a question. Dante, you have to admit. As a matter of fact, all the centers, <laughs> Nerlens Noel's availability is a question as well. So that that's the situation they're in. So I I I'm not sure where they are with Mitch, whether they want to sign him or not. I think they might see what the market's going to go, or maybe they'll make a move. We'll see. Kevin's in the Bronx. What's up, Kev? 
Hey, how you doing, Larry? Thanks Great. for taking my phone call. You got it, partner. Uh, listen, uh, I hear everybody talking about the players. You know, yes, I know that we don't have the greatest players, uh, you know, all around the board, but we do have good, solid players. And the only reason why we don't know how good they are is because they only get uh, playing time in spurts. So that's why we only see what they can do in spurts. These guys are never going to get a chance to play under a coach like Tom Thibodeau. I think he is the problem. His coaching style, you know, last year you could have saw it. It it was wearing down the players, okay? This guy, you know, he's hell-bent on just doing things his way, and he has no intentions of trying to implement something new into a system, you know, to go along with what's going on in the NBA today. You know, listen, I'm not saying we have um, superstars or we drafted superstars. Obi Toppin. For for example, uh, you know, I, I just hate to hear how people, you know, is trying to put this guy down, saying he's a bust. The guy's not a bust. He showed you what he could do in, on more than one occasion. Unfortunately, in the garbage time of the season, that's when Tom Thibodeau decided to put these guys in. Okay, so with me going forward, I wouldn't do too much to accommodate this coach. Because I don't think he's the guy that's going to take us to the next level. If you're not willing to do what we, you know, wanted to do in this process, getting back to where we want to be as playing the young players, you know, and developing, what's the sense of having you as a coach? Uh, We're going to have to go through free agency and, and, and trades to get you what you want, and we're still not going to get there, Larry? Larry, I, I just the, – the, the coach is a problem. You know, well, Kevin, I'm not saying that I, we don't I need hear what players. You're we need a point guard. Yeah, I'm listening, Larry. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and and you're right. He is a guy who – but they knew that coming in, Kevin. Thanks for the phone call. They knew what kind of guy he was. You don't bring him in to, to coach young players. It's not what he does. He's a guy that gets veterans to go the next level. That's his claim to fame. That's how he's been. That's what he's able to do. I mean, look at what he did for this team defensively. He reinstituted defense. That was, that became the identity of the team. And then after last year, with the things that happened, there were opportunities for him to give guys a better shot. There's no need for guys. There's no need for Julius Randle to play 44 minutes a night. He could play 34 minutes. He could play 30 to 34 minutes and be just as effective. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Larry, before I get to my judge uh, point. You know, all this talk about Nick Trades, general manager. I remember the Knicks were built on four trades, the great trades. I remember them all. I remember the day they made them. The first one was getting Dick Barnett. We traded Bob Boozer in 67. Then, of course, the Busher trade, probably the greatest trade ever in in basketball or maybe professional sports history when we traded Comives and uh, Bellamy. Then we got Pearl, traded Reardon and Stallworth for Pearl. And the final piece was getting Lucas for that last run. We got Jerry Lucas for Cassie Russell. All four trades, no big deals. The Monroe trade was a big deal. But the mm-hmm. other three trades, like nothing, you know. Nobody said, wow, well, it is. No, it just worked out. Anyway, uh, Larry, as far as Aaron Judge, you know, before the season when he didn't sign, and I was listening to radio, of course, and it was 50-50. Some people said he should have signed. Some people said the Yankees did the right thing, the and the people were saying, judged it. So it was okay. I didn't mind. This last episode, where they took him to arbitration, settled at midpoint, and then said, we're going to give you a quarter million dollars to win the MVP. I mean, that is sickening. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard in sport. 
This guy for MVP should get minimum five mil, maybe even up to ten million if he wins the MVP. They should have ripped up this arbitration, given him the twenty-one, and just said ten million to win the MVP. Now, well, you know what they're paying Cole Larry thirty-six million mm-hmm. for giving us thirty-two starts a year. That's over a million dollars a start, Larry. Larry, this guy pitches one inning. They're giving him $150,000 for one inning. I know. You're telling me Garrett Cole can pitch two innings, and that's more than you're going to give uh, Aaron Judge to win the MVP. How sick is that? I don't know what the Yankees are doing. I think Aaron Judge knows he's out of here at the end of the year, and he says, let me just get this thing over with these guys. Maybe Moreno out in uh, L.A. or uh, Steve, uh, uh, you know, the Met owner, they'll give, uh, they'll give him Steve the money. Cohen. Yeah, Steve Cohen yeah. will give him the money. Something will happen because I, I don't think he's going to put up with this Yankee crap, really. This, uh, he's got 99% of the fans on his side right now. Yep. You know, up until this point, I wouldn't have said that. But, Larry, it's, it's re- I've never seen the Yankees stoop this low. This is it's pretty bad. bad. Larry, pretty always bad. a pleasure. Thank right. you, Larry. Thank you, Thank Richard. You. Thank you. Thanks for the phone call. I still believe the Yankees will come up with an offer that, to try to keep him. I hear what you're saying about that arbitration thing, I still believe they'll come up with an offer. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN. Time to go to the ballpark with the Mets off. We are headed to Yankee Stadium even though the Mets made some news. I'll tell you about that at the end of our near the end of our tour. Let's start with Aaron Boone. Boy, it was weird up in the Bronx. It was weird. It was weird in a way. It's not weird because the Yankees came back. It's their 23rd comeback of the year that leads Major League Baseball. And Aaron Boone was asked, very simply, of the 23 comebacks you've had this season, how weird was this one? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if catcher's interference is resourceful or more just fortunate, but... um, Yeah, but I mean, I think think DJ fell fell behind 0-2 in that count, works the walk. I mean that's huge. That sets us up now. All of a sudden, here we go, and and we got the we got the big boys coming up now, and the, and the tables set and turning, and things are happening. So, um, you know, and that's what you know. You got Puck coming in, who's obviously got great stuff, can spray it around a little, and Rizzo's on top of the plate on him like that, and you know he he does that from time to time. So. Um, yeah, just guys guys grinding. It's crazy. It's one of the very few times. I can't count on one hand the amount of times that I've seen catcher interference in the game, and it happened twice in this game, twice in this inning. Two of three batters had catcher interference. The second one, the first one was on Aaron Judge. The second one was on Giancarlo Stanton that allowed him to hit first base and score a run. Here's Aaron Boone on Stanton's situation. Well, we all you all saw something weird. You know, we all, it's, catcher's interference always kind of catches you. Like, what was that? You realize something's a little different and off. So got our attention right away. And then Giancarlo said something, you know, as Mendy's already on the phone. So, and, and obviously confirmed it. And here's the thing with the, and, and once again, and we talked about this earlier when, I was saying that, you know, for early, early in the season, 
And people say, well, this is not your usual Yankee lineup where you get a lot of power, a lot of hitting. You know, it's not a circular lineup. It may not be that, but one of the things it is, if you're an opposing pitcher, it's got to be a little unnerving, Aaron Boone, when you know that this team can strike at any inning of the game. It's a dangerous offense, and I mean, just a great job by there, by by JD. Thought he had a really good at bat his first time working the walk, but then, you know, down 0-2 in that situation off Puck, who's obviously got great stuff, and uh, smokes one in the corner there, and then and then Trevi with the insurance, um, just two big hits in the game when you know obviously got off to a tough start with their big inning early. Um, Monty, great job of just buckling down and pitching us deep into the game anyway. Uh, yeah, a good one coming off a, you know, obviously a high-energy, intense series. You know, come out here and get a little rain early. Um, I, I thought our energy was good and, uh, and obviously a great finish. No question about it. And part of that great finish was due to Albert Abreu, who came in in relief. Two in the third innings, no runs, four Ks, one walk. How big was that, Skipper? Wow. thought he was great. Just pounding the strike zone. You know, you see what he's capable of when he's when he's pounding the strike zone. He was efficient. Stuff was really good. And, and uh, seven big outs. With all happiness about the Yankees in it, come from behind win and home runs for Stanton and Rizzo, there's Joey Gallo. 0 for 4 with a strikeout. He's hitting 169 with an on base of 280 and a slugging of 339. Skipper, what is going on with Gallo? He got shifted a little bit tonight. That short right field got him a little bit. Um, just missed the homer down the line. I felt like he got some good swings off. Um, you know, he's he's. I know he's trying to shorten up to get to handle certain pitches where, where they, you know, they're trying to attack him. Um, you know, he's had some, you know, just misses the three-run homer the other day on the ball he hits in the air a mile that he hits to the fence. So I feel like it's always it's always bubbling with him. And I feel like he's, he's taken hard at bats, um, just not quite getting the results right now. No, he isn't. And he hasn't gotten the results all season, so we'll see what happens with him. But there's... This Aaron Boone being positive as always. Concern now, right? Rizzo got hit in the elbow. Aaron Boone, how is he? I think so. I mean, he got smoked pretty good in the elbow there. And, you know, I just probably starting to stiffen up on him. It's kind of like, let's get in and get some ice on it and 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 try and nip this now. So um, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully hopefully it doesn't keep him out tomorrow. Hopefully not. And uh, we'll see what happens there as the Yankees continue this series with the Oakland A's. It's, um, it will be Frankie, uh, Frankie Montas and J.P. Sears scheduled for the game tomorrow. As far as the Mets are concerned, they move Tyler McGill to the 60-day injured list. So he will be out until at least mid-August. So now he's put on the – he was on the 15-day I.L., with the strained shoulder, so he now joins Jacob DeGrom and Matt Scherzer as, um, you know, the messages keep trying to test things. <laughs> More pitchers injury, they'll keep trying. They start a series with the Astros tomorrow. Carlos Cookie Carrasco will be on the hill for the Mets, and we'll see if the Mets can exact some revenge on the Strohs after the way they were harshly treated in 
Houston. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.